Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Welcome to the podcast. We have a great guest. We always have great guests. There's not a bad one in the bunch, as my mom used to say. We're talking to Joel Pelsu, who is the head of a wonderful creative artist ministry called Arts and Entertainment Ministries. Welcome, Joel, to our podcast. Thank you so much. Great to be with you, Craig. We have so many mutual friends, and yet we have not met that I know of. And But that's just... That's just a tiny uh, technicality. It, it, it will happen. I'm now up in Northern California. He's in Southern California for many, many years. And we'll ask him about uh, his ministry. Hey, you know, I noticed that you're a Presbyterian minister. I believe that's right. And my, yes. my uh, grandmother, Scottish Canadian grandmother and grandfather, both of them from Canada, were both raised Presbyterians in Canada. That's really typical. How did you become a Presbyterian minister? Wow, I didn't expect that question. That's a good one. So hey, I, grew I you up, know what? I have zinger questions every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up, my parents came to Christ through the Jesus movement. And my dad was at CU in Boulder in the jazz ensemble. And and uh they helped launch a, a charismatic church, is one of the first mega churches in Denver in the 70s, you know, 2,500 people. And he had 180 voice choir, 50 piece orchestra, all the stuff he directed. And and it was amazing and great move of the spirit, people coming off drugs and out of gangs, but it was that anti-institutional mentality. And so when the pastor and his wife were uh, not willing to be held accountable, things just went really awful. I'll just say it that way. It, it, it severely damaging to a lot of people. Yeah. And my dad tried to confront and there's no process. And uh, so later I went to Westmont College and then helped my brother-in-law plant a church, plant a church bench in Florida. And he was Presbyterian, been Westminster in Philadelphia. And he explained to me the government that, you know, you have these elders, but the pastor only gets one vote. He doesn't get to veto. He is one among many. Gotcha. And I was like, thank you, God. Finally, yeah. a church government that admits that even the pastor is still <laughs> still right. a sinner and he's not he's not glorified because he's not in heaven so so there's some there's some governance here right yes so i was drawn to the governance first and then i went to a from theological seminary in orlando mm -hmm. rc sproul was the big name at the time sure and bit by bit i uh i just found that made more sense and was a more beautiful approach to scripture to see the organic connections rather than the heavy kind of dispensational approach that I grew up with. So mm -hmm. yeah, there you go. And, and then I got ordained in, uh, it's funny, I got ordained in New York Metro Presbytery. Tim Keller is the name up there. Okay. And you probably know Mako Fujimura. Oh, I know that name, but I'm, I'm not sure I'm familiar with it. Okay. Him. Visual artist. He was in the commission that okay. ordained me. Anyway, cool. that's kind of the, the but brief. You, now you've been in Southern California for quite a while. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We came in 03. Okay. So uh, 18 not years. quite 20 years, but but getting yeah. there, getting yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Now, a lot of churches are not involved at all with uh, arts, entertainment, creativity. And I'm sure as you have 
have established along with your wife. I think it's, is it Michelle? Yeah, she's half British. So she goes by Michelle, but you got it. Michelle Mabel. Okay. Bingo. Yeah. And that's the French version. So exactly. Anyway, um, yeah. you, you, you had your challenges in, I would thank you talk about this of uh, working with churches and showing them explaining even through scripture uh, that artistry is very much part of the Bible and very much part of our calling as Christians in this world. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, I, and I'll give you the story behind that. The, uh, when I was at Westmont College, I was playing the jazz club and I was playing clubs, competed at UC Berkeley Jazz Festival. I mean, even Christian College, we beat Stanford that year. It was a great band. And my wife is producing Shakespeare festivals. And we just started leading artists to Christ. To Christ. And uh, the problem was we found the church didn't know what to do with them. And unless it was the classic, well, you can play in the worship band or make banners. Right. Uh, <laughs> but there wasn't, there was no grounding of, we both felt called to go to LA or New York and be in the mainstream and mm -hmm. the church didn't know what to do with that. And one of my mentors later said, sometimes what frustrates you with the church is indicative of your calling. Ah, And that resonated because I just began praying because what I saw in scripture was that God created everything beautiful, clearly artistic creativity, imagination, all these things are part of who he is, part of who we are, but I don't see it in the church. And so in seminary, I started, my wife and I are actually fasting and praying once a week, asking God to show us the disconnect. And we came across this passage, it's kind of one of the famous ones I preach on, which is the first person filled with the Spirit of God in the Bible is an artist. And it's the artist Bezalel, right. Exodus yeah. 31. Exodus 31 and all the way to 35 and 36 did all, uh, explain to people that don't know Bezalel, and he's a fascinating, and it looks like according to Jewish history, he might've even been, been a teenager. Uh, eight, yes. Eight yes. And he was a distant nephew of Moses. But talk about Bezalel for a minute, because I don't think a lot of church leadership or people know about him. Agreed. And that's one of the things I bring up, because most church leadership, they have a high view of scripture, but they've never been taught this. And, and even the commentaries I looked at, most of the commentaries ignored the passage. And I later realized it's because the seminaries are trained coming out of that German scholastic model, it's, you know, it's a square peg in the square hole. Well, art doesn't do that. So no. we don't know what to do with an artist. So we skip the verse as a commentary, right? Mm -hmm. And, but I, yes, yeah, so I talked to pastors. They look, he's the first person filled the spirit of God in the Bible. It's not Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, not a priest, not and a prophet. His, not and, a his, and his gifts come from the Holy Spirit. Yes. And so, and the, yeah, the key thing I talked to pastors uh, and leaders in the church, I say, look, the whole book of Exodus, what is it about? It's about taking people from slavery to sin and, and uh, the Pharaoh, redeeming them, and then recreating or creating fresh, what does a culture that honors God look like? So God had one time in history, he said, I'm going to form my people and my culture, and a third of the book is artwork. And that should just stop us in our tracks and say, why are churches ugly? <laughs> if when God made a culture, a third of the book was on beautiful things. Mm -hmm. And also that at Bezalel, as you know, you know, it wasn't just, you know, I mean, golden threads in the priestly robes. Yes. And the 12 stones in Aaron's high priest uh, robes as well. Yes. But it's, it is extravagantly beautiful. 
and it wasn't it wasn't utilitarian and uh yeah and so bezalel called by god god gave him the ten commandments to give him the rule and then he gave him all this beautiful artwork because we are inspired and motivated uh by our senses he wanted to awaken us to our senses so there was a cologne there's a fragrance that's only to use in the temple there's mm -hmm. the visuals there's the sounds you would hear of worship and then there's the annual drama of all the festivals and so that was the center of culture and later i i studied under uh this guy c.s mckenzie he had taught at princeton and all these places was a classmate of bill bright and he had introduced me to petrim sororkin founded the sociology department at harvard who did the largest study of all cultures at the time and one statement just hit me he said all cultures are united or divided by aesthetic symbols really and it sounds foreign to anything you hear in the church, right? <laughs> but but you think about it, even like as, as we're Americans, what do people gather around? And it's this is hotly contested the point, I guess. But, you know, we've always had the Fourth of July. We have the annual dramas and the holidays and the national anthem and the flag. Those things bring people together. And that was true in the Old Testament. You had the Ark of the Covenant, mm -hmm. the tabernacle the ceremonies and and the church has been so focused on right doctrine as if all we are is thinking people that we lost uh all of the things that that kind of cultivate a love of godness that are not about necessarily what we think first but how we feel about god and how we live around this reality of a god among us right yeah there we have a mutual friend probably or a colleague in phil cook and yes he says uh you need to understand churches and ministries that when you keep putting a cross on all of your uh, stationery and all your emblems and icons that in the first century the early church hated the idea of the cross because <laughs> that is that is where jesus was nailed and bled and the cross was anathema to them in the sense of something uh, majestic or we could look to it no they were they were people of the way uh until and uh, church of antioch with them uh, become becoming called christians and we have turned the cross <clears throat> into jewelry uh yeah. and you talk about aesthetic images and such i don't think we as as today's christians know much about what to do with aesthetic images would you agree i would totally agree craig yeah and it's because uh, yeah, I mean, I, we, we have a, by the way, we do have a video on Bezalel on YouTube, just five minutes, simple, but we also have an institute where we kind of unpack how we got here. And I'm sure you, you've researched some of the same things, but I think one of the culprits <clears throat> is reformation, of course, because even though Martin Luther and John Calvin were against these iconoclasts, they were burning organs and destroying the artwork in the church. And there was kind of this you know, all the all the awful things going in the Catholic Church. And to be fair, even my Catholic brothers and sisters agree, they had a counter-reformation because they saw the problems. Mm -hmm. But the populace started to associate the art with the hypocrisy. And I think as we went through the Enlightenment and uh, the scientific revolution, where the focus is on truth and on science and on what we can prove and test, beauty got lost, got kicked to the curb. And then what happened even worse in the early part of last century was, you know, fundamentalism is approached response to 
these pastors saying, well, we're not sure Jesus was God and this higher criticism. They said, they're only going to talk about these five fundamentals, you know, resurrection from the dead, forgiveness of sins, you know, uh, incarnation. And so one of the things that happened was the church and these ministries agreed not to talk about art, culture, academics, media, anything except those five central truths. And we're paying the price for that. Amen. Amen. I know you see it everywhere. Yeah. We're paying the price for it. We're, we're uh, 10, 20, 30 years behind. Yes. Uh, yeah. We could go on to a long diatribe. That's, mean, even, not, that's not going to help anybody, but, but it's true. <laughs> you may know this. I, I looked this up. Even the American Bible Tract Society, uh, they got flack when they started putting etchings in their tracts to hand out, which now yeah. is ridiculous. because how, pe how petty is that <laughs> yeah because what's better than a visual to give you you know like jesus spoke in parables and it was always mental images you know you say john 10 the good shepherd we're all picturing a hill a sheep man with a staff you know yeah uh yeah yeah so, very very pastoral you know a man of the pastures and yes such. well try that in inner city compton Try being a shepherd in Compton <laughs> or Cabrini Green in Chicago or, uh, you know, the Bronx used to be a wonderful place in Harlem. And, and there are nice places up there that have come back. But those are tough places. Or, or, yes. or, or I'll, I'll give you one. You pick up, you pick up a, a, a tough ward in New Orleans and you would know this. Man, you're fighting for your life down there. Yes. So try to be a shepherd there. So okay. great, great music, yeah. but yeah, that's that's it's a tough place right now. We have quite a few people in our community, um, in in the African American community, and quite a few in South Central, who are big in the, uh, you know, the uh, it's not I mean it's graffiti art, but they're the ones that are hired to paint paint these you know forty foot wide murals, sure, and teaching kids in school everything from, you know. Uh, figure drawing to how to use spray paint guns to make amazing paint. It right. blows me away. Right. Um, and right. I'll give you, I need to give you a couple names of other people interview because they're just okay. fascinating. People. All right. We'll, we'll do that offline, but you, you bet. I, I love, I'd love for our podcast to go into other areas of artistry. We, so my editor asked me once uh, a couple of years ago, as we started, this is season three, as we talked to Joel uh, Pelsu, uh, head of uh, arts and entertainment ministries, AEM. And we'll talk about how to find him. It's a-e-m.org. Did I get that right? You got it. Yes. Okay. It's not a, it's a tricky one, but it's probably what he, what, what you and uh, your lovely wife had to carve out because that's where people could find you. Anyway, having said all that, my, my editor asked me a couple of years ago, I said, what's this podcast going to be about? I said, I'm going to talk to anybody I want at any time I want about uh, things that are interesting uh, and creative. And we'll talk as long as we think we wanna talk. And that's what it's gonna be. And nice. I don't care if we have 50 people or 50 million people gonna be uh, creative, wonderful, engaging conversations as if you were sitting around a table somewhere in a great coffee shop or coffee bar, having a, a cup of wonderful coffee or tea. And you're just chit chatting and then you say, Oh my goodness, we've been here three hours. I got to go do stuff and make money <laughs> or whatever, whatever it might be. And that's okay too.
clever, creative conversation, spiritual conversation with Joel Pelsu in this episode. Join us next time and we will pick up where we left off. Thanks. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.